Great friends around Southern California, broadcasting live on 710 ESPN. This is Scott Kaplan. Having a great day, too. I know it was picked up in a lot of national media. Well, that's what happens, right? I mean, you're on in L.A. That's what happens. Kaplan 10-day contract. Day two of a 10-day deal. I was mentioning to you before the break that if you are unhappy in your life and you're ready to make some changes, this is a great time to do it. Listen, I mean, I, I, some of my friends always joke with me, like, who the hell are you, Anthony Robbins? I'm like, not really, but, but I'm just like one of these hyper-positive, hyper-happy kind of people, the kind of people that probably annoy you. But I'm just telling you that if, if there's a time in your life where you're going to make a big change, wherever you may be and whoever I'm talking to right now, you, you know who you are. This could be the time for you. I mention all of this because Alan Sliwa is the nighttime host here at ESPN. And um, I have not talked to Alan about this off air, but I just have a feeling there's a great story here. So here's my man, Alan Sliwa. What's going on, Slee? Cap, how you doing, man? Good to hear you back on the radio, my man. Well, thank you, brother. I am so flattered to be invited to be on 710. And, you know, obviously I go way back with Steve and John and even further back with, with George. But you and me, man, we got a little history too. I'll get to it. But let me let me first get your opinion on a couple of things. You ready? Because I know that you have yep. you have you've become an analyst of the Lakers. I think it's fantastic. Give me your opinion when you hear Dwight Howard say, "Hey, I'm coming back." Uh, it's big. It really is big for the Lakers. Now, do, do I feel that they wouldn't still have an opportunity to win a championship if he wasn't there? No, I, I still think Lakers are going to be you know one of those small handful of favorites. But you already. Already lost Avery Bradley. Dwight Howard is going to give you this. Um, it's really kind of been Dwight Howard's role this entire year. This flexibility, whatever you want to do. Do you want to go big? You got you got the two horses with JaVale McGee and when Dwight Howard. You could be you know obviously as big of a team in the league when AD's at the four. But if there's going to be games, well, I'll use the Clippers as an example. Lakers tend to go a little bit smaller. Clippers are going to be, I think, the toughest opponent for the Lakers to win a championship, even over the Bucks. You can use Dwight in any role that obviously that provides and that gives, but then you could still have AD at the five. So I don't think the, the, the Dwight news yesterday is small news. I think it's big for the Lakers, and um, especially without having Avery Bradley. Those are just – Scott, you know how key those role players are, and I know you know we don't talk about them all the time. If you look at Dwight's stats, it just says seven and seven. Right. But he's, uh, he's a key piece of this team, so I, I think that's going to be big for the Lakers. Yeah, I just perceive him as a guy, Alan, that the first time he was in L.A., he was a guy that was kind of um, a, a bit of a diva. And now I feel mm-hmm. like later in his career with just a role to play with a veteran team and a chance to play with LeBron and a chance at redemption in L.A., I feel like – like he's become a really good teammate, and that's just a perception from all the way out here. You know, it's it's the right perception. I mean, how many times do you see this in sports? And this is, I think, the thing that hurt Dwight so much since he left Orlando. What hurt him is he thought he was this player that he wasn't. He wanted the ball down low. He wanted to post up. He felt like he could be, you know, this presence on offense. Here's the reality: he's more of an athlete than a basketball player, and that's not disrespectful to him. That's just his strength is. I could block shots, I could play defense, I could grab rebounds, I could clean up after the glass and put the ball in the hoop. And I think, I feel like when he came to the Lakers, uh, first of all, there's really no pressure on him. LeBron and Anthony Davis, they're going to take all the pressure. And he just became this role player for the Lakers. He accepted it. Um, I don't know if you know if you got a chance, but all season long, if you listen to him, uh, post-game practices, 
I don't think sometimes people just say the right thing just to say it. He genuinely believes what he's saying. Everything is team first. So he's been uh, fantastic for the Lakers. And it's not even this role. When he first came, obviously, back in the day, back in 2012, 2013, whenever that was, his role was supposed to be the star. That's not his role now. And he's playing his role perfectly. All right, this is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. I'm with Alan Sliwa from the Sliwa Show, heard at night after Mason and Ireland here on ESPN 710. Um, Alan's being brought to you by the Shell uh, Pennzoil Performance Line. Alan, I'm reading a lot of liners today. Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. And ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance, so I wanted to get those two things in. Um, Alan, you are um, not only the host here in the evening, um, and not only you know dealing with the Lakers and the pre and the post, but um, also a world class hot dog champion, taking down Steve Mason. I got to watch all of that on Instagram. Congratulations! Yeah, thank you, Cap. Sometimes you just have to, uh, you know, you just got to take down as many dogs as you can in seven minutes and ten seconds. And uh, I had to do it. I had yeah. to do it. I was being called out all week, Cap. You know, yeah, but so I, but but Slee, I got a, I got a, I got questions, man. Like for example, sure. Do you know for sure that you and Mason use the exact same hot dog product? Uh, Mace told me which hot dogs to get, okay. so I just followed his lead. Okay, and which which hot dogs did you get? Nathan's uh, skinless bun size. Got it. Got it. And then and then the same bun, exact same bun. Exact same bun. Wonder Bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dip it at all? You use the chestnut kind of oh, method? A lot of dipping. Yeah, a lot of dipping. Uh, I don't know if you've ever had a dog with uh, your bun completely submerged in water. No. I don't recommend it, but mm-hmm. if you're trying to take them down, you got to do it that way, Cap. Okay, seven uh, minutes way, and ten seconds. Seven minutes and ten seconds. The way this all started, Cap, is he, ha- he was having a conversation, I think it was with Ramona, talking about who watches this hot dog challenge. And then when I joined their show for Crosstalk, all I said was, Mace, how disgusting are those hot dog challenges? He's like, oh, they're so gross. You want to have a contest on Thursday? <laughs> that was the transition to go from, um, yeah, not only are they gross, we should do it on air. So uh, that was our first annual. I have a feeling this might be something that we do again uh, down the road. How many dogs you take down? Took down nine. Nine dogs in seven minutes and ten seconds. And, and Mason? Yeah. Eight dogs. It doesn't sound like a lot to me. I mean, it, it just doesn't sound like a lot. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm not Joey Chestnut, okay? I get it. But but nine doesn't sound like a lot to me. In fact, I, I would say this, and I, and I, at the sake of being brash here, I think I could eat ten in seven minutes and ten seconds without dipping the bun. Okay, so that well, first let me say this: the double digits. So now, when I look back at it, having never done this before, I should have got the double digits, like mm-hmm. not getting to ten. Now that I kind of look back and say, okay. Could I have figured out a way to get one more dog down at least in that seven minutes, ten seconds? I think I could have. That's number one. Number two, I don't. I don't think I could get five without the water. Like the dipping of the water is so key to just getting the bun down. So mm. uh, I, I don't know. I think the water thing's got to be done. All right. Well, I'm just all I'm saying to you is this: is that it's a ten day contract, okay? If yes. if in yep. if if in in if somehow some way if the forces in the universe align and say, hey, Kaplan, a year from now you're still around here, which you know, I mean, you, you hear the announcements about ESPN Radio today. Look, I'm on a ten day deal, and I'm going to just lay it on the line. But Slee, a year from well, now, I want in on yeah. this competition. Is all I'm saying. Oh, this is good. Yeah, this is yeah. good. Yeah, I, I want in. To John yesterday. John said no. I mean, listen, the more we can get. 
to uh, represent their show. How great is that? How'd you feel Taking afterwards? As many as you can. How'd you feel? Um, well, I had to. I had so right after we were done, I had two and a half hours left on radio. So, um, did I throw up a few different times? I did just because I wanted it. I had to kind of try and get it out of the system. So, didn't feel good. By the time maybe ten, eleven rolled around, some sparkling water, some tea, all that stuff, I actually felt okay. Okay, got and it. And then just starved right. myself the next day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just you feel disgusting. I'm sure. I mean, you just feel like a complete mm-hmm. animal. Uh, Alan Sliwa here on Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Alan, I did not ask you about this off air. I'm just putting it out there, though, and this is why I wanted to talk to you today besides getting some Laker talk in. But, dude, you and me go way back, and, and I, I, I got to think that at some point there's got to be a transition in your life and your career where you're this young guy and you're getting your foot in the door at a radio station and you're a sales guy. And I remember when you left San Diego and said, yeah, I'm going to go to 710 ESPN. I'm going to go sell up there. And then now, not only have you worked your way onto the air because you're a passionate and super smart Laker fan, um, but you've now turned it into a nighttime show. I've got nothing but respect and admiration and love for what you've been able to do. What's the story, man? How did it happen? I I appreciate it. You know, Cap, I actually, I I mean, this was always, I always wanted to be on air. My degree, as you know, San Diego State was a journalism degree, so... I always thought I would be on air. The reality is, um, you know, timing is everything. And, you know, when we worked for John Lynch down in San Diego, um, Lynch definitely saw me as somebody that you can create relationships, kind of have some knowledge on the business side, kind of take it wherever I can take it. And I embraced it. I was in the door, you know. So for me, all that mattered was – I don't, I'm not just some resume, you know, sitting on a desk. I'm, I'm creating relationships with everybody internally. You're gaining trust and so forth. I think my time in San Diego, and trust me, I, I love San Diego. I'm there every other weekend. That's where all my family is. But I felt like it was, you know, there was only so much um, I think I could have done in SD. That time was coming up. And I'm a lifelong Laker fan. I grew up, you know, in San Diego, um, very, very passionate about the NBA, about basketball and the Lakers. So there was, this is right when, the Lakers broadcast was coming over to 710. It was at 570 for a number of years. So I just looked at it as, okay, well, um, what am I good at to this point? What I was good at was the business side. So if I can try and just get in the door at 710, let's see where it takes me. Plus, by the way, even if I didn't go on air, I was now in a major market. I can you know, obviously add to my resume of somebody that – was knowledgeable on the business side in San Diego and then also doing it in Sandy uh, in Los Angeles. So that was really the plan. The plan wasn't, it wasn't yet, Hey, let's try and push on air, any of that stuff. So I know, but you, but you took job. the risk. I want to hear about the risk taking though, because there's a guy driving around right now. There's a girl driving around right now. They're unhappy in their job. They're, they're thinking about making a change. The problem is they don't have enough money and, and they're feeling uncomfortable and you go from, you know, where your family was San Diego to take a major, major risk by going to 710, which was not the radio station then that it is today. So what was the motivation for the risk? I, I don't know. Nothing to lose. What do you got to lose? I mean, if that's something that you really want, if that's something, the only risk you really do take, and I know it's going to sound very cliche, is what if I didn't do it? You know, what if I, I, I sat back saying, man, I wish I would have tried that. Um, I was in a position where, you know what, I'm, I'm down to roll the dice. And if I fall flat on my face, it's all good. You know, I'd rather try it and fail than, you know, look back and say, damn, I never even gave it a shot. So that was the risk. So like you're there talking you about people out there 
you're talking about people, you know, out there driving around, whatever the case is, if, if there's something that, you know, you feel inside, I mean, you're passionate about, you think like, I, I can potentially do this and I know I can outwork everybody to try and get what I'm trying to accomplish. I mean, I think, I, I don't think there's a risk in that. I think that's something you almost have to do because if you don't do it and you look back, Man, that's a tough that's a tough pill to swallow if if you don't give it a shot. I'm with you, man. Hey, that was beautifully said. Really, really well said. Alan Sliwa from the Sliwa Show on 710 ESPN. You know, here I am. This is Scott Kaplan. I'm I'm broadcasting on this radio station, this great radio station, for the two weeks. And and you know, when when people are giving me a hard time, like, oh my God, you've just sold out. Now you you ripped the Chargers for a year, but now you sold out like the Chargers. I'm like, yeah, okay. I mean, if that's the way you want to look at it here in this world of cancel culture that we live in. But, you know, the relationships, Lee, with yourself, Mason in Ireland, with George Sedano, even way, way, way back with Keyshawn, when Keyshawn was an early, you know, uh, early in his playing career, I worked at a company called CBS Sportsline. We hosted his website. I used to interview Keyshawn every week just to provide content to his website. So lots of relationships for a long time. Slee, before you go, and, uh, and, and now that you're here on this Shell Pennzoil performance line, give me a final thought. When you look back at the Lakers now, and you mentioned no Avery Bradley, and you look at the signing of J.R. Smith or the acquisition of Dion Waiters, I mean, who's going to fill that role the way you see it? Um, so they, they have depth at that position, even though there is no star in that position, right? So Alex Caruso, uh, KCP, Danny Green, I heard you play some of his clips. Obviously, he addressed the media today. Um, J.R. Smith, Dion Waters. They have abundance of players in that position. The one thing that I would be concerned about is Avery Bradley knew his role exactly, was there to play defense, and that's all that mattered. Dion Waiters is going to be more of an offensive player. J.R. Smith's going to be a guy that gets you buckets. So I think it comes down to KCP, Alex Caruso, and Danny Green was already in the starting lineup. But KCP and Caruso really have to fill in those minutes. they got to be the guys that you know are playing defense to uh, some extent the way uh, Avery Bradley was. So that's going to be the key. But I- I'll tell you what, Cap, as we go into this Orlando bubble, um, I felt this before, and I'm, I'm not saying it just to say it. I still think the Lakers are the team to beat. Uh, Clippers are going to be incredibly tough. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks are-, are stacked as well, but I still feel when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis, I think it's got to come through. Uh, I really feel like it's got to come through the Lakers. And it's really all about those two guys, the way I see it. Alan, hey, I'll be listening, man. Appreciate you. Great storytelling. And, and share that inspiration with people, man, because uh, people can, can get something from that. Way to go, dude. All right, Kat. Appreciate it, man. You got it. Alan Slee, we're giving you Straight Talk, being brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. I love that kid. Um, I say it like that, like I'm some old guy, but he was this young kid fresh out of school, and I was probably in my, I don't know, mid-30s, and, and he was kind of growing up with us. And, and to see him take that risk and then what he's become, I'm really proud of that guy. Hey, look, it's not game day, but you can still feast like it is. Meet Church's new five-buck campfire smokehouse chicken. And for everybody who's about to tweet me right now and say, hey, man, Kaplan, I know you don't go to churches. Hey, I'd love to go to churches. I'll try anything. Seriously. It's our fan favorite with a new campfire flavor. Plus, mashed potatoes? Come on, for real. Biscuits? Yeah. Churches, bring that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. All right, way to go. Nice job. Okay, listen, coming up, let me ask you a question. How much money do you think you can make if you are an Instagram influencer? 
I mean, you see all these big superstars with their millions of followers and they're out there promoting stuff. How much money can you make? I hope The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, is listening this afternoon. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Coming up, how much money can you make as an Instagram influencer? I want to talk about that in just a moment. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Whether you stop by a locally owned Napa Auto Parts, Napa Auto Care, or visit Napa Online, if you need help with your ride, you can count on Napa know-how. Napa know-how. That's one of those phrases that when you say Napa know-how, you hear Napa know-how. And then once I do it like twice, then I start really getting into it like Napa know-how. I don't know why. I just, I don't know. I just think that's cool or something, I guess. Um, I still think at some point in my life, I'm going to be a rock star. I mean, I don't play guitar. I can't really sing. I can't carry a tune. I can barely keep a beat on the drums. But for some reason, some wire inside of this kid, I think that. Or maybe, maybe I'll just be an Instagram influencer because that seems to be where the money's at. Greg Berman, Greg, <laughs> Greg Bergman and Adam Bright. Who put a G in front of an M in Bergman? Berman, Berman. God, you know, it was just the people like my my ancestors that came across. I don't know. They they like the G. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> but it's hard when you've got two G's in your first name already, Greg Bergman. Like what? Like maybe they could have softened the first couple of G's. Maybe it could have been Jeff Bergman. Jeff? No, I'm not a Jeff. I'm definitely a Greg. So, I mean, they, we could, if you want to call me Berman, you know, I get called many worse things from Mason and back, Ireland. Back, 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 so, back, back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I get called terrible things. I mean, uh, Greg okay Bergman and Adam Bronstein and Scott Kaplan, the, the, the law firm of. <laughs> right. We're all parts of the tribe. It's a, yeah. it's a wonderful thing. All right, Bronny, let me, I'm going to throw these by you guys. Uh, Bergman and Bronny, you ready? I'm going to throw these by you guys. These are the top people who are making money this is these are the people who are monetizing all they do on instagram these are the top people in the world okay and there's all this data to explain how each of these people make money for one post just one post i i heard this morning uh you know travis and lz and Keyshawn talking about this and as soon as they started talking about it, i'm like oh my god i love this i want to talk about this do you have any idea? Take a guess. Have you guys looked at this list? Be honest. Uh, I, think I have I've not seen a little bit of it. Okay. So, Brawny, you have, and Bergman, you have not. I, I have not. Okay. Who would you guess? I mean, when you think of who are the most famous people in the world, the most influential in social media, who could make the most money if they posted something with your product? You'd have to pay them a ton of money. They've got millions of followers, they're big stars. They can reach people, they can sell your product. Who would be the number one most famous person that you would think on Instagram? Probably on Instagram, Kylie Jenner. Very good. Hey, look at that. But you're actually not right. Oh. oh. Yeah. Um, but a very good guess. Me. Yeah, Kylie Jenner is number two. Okay, you, see, I'm up there. Okay, now, now Kylie Jenner has 181 million followers. Dude, 181 million followers. She gets paid. She's a she, right? Yes. Okay, because I'm not like, you know, I know Bruce. 100%. I, I, I knew Bruce, and then I knew when Bruce became Caitlyn. That's, that's my Jenner experience. You know what I'm saying? Um, Kylie Jenner makes $986,000 for every post on Ooh. Instagram. 
Okay, so let me just do the math here. And I'm not I'm not good at math, but let me just try and do the math here. If you're somebody maybe with a calculator could help me. If you're Kylie Jenner and you make a million dollars per Instagram post, how many inst this is why I did this is why I should have paid attention in algebra class. I didn't, I failed it, and here's where I need it. When I was a stupid, arrogant kid, I'll never need algebra. Here's where I need it. Okay. Kylie Jenner gets a million dollars per Instagram post. How many posts will Kylie Jenner have to do in order to make the same amount of money that Patrick Mahomes is going to make? Five hundred million. Oh, five hundred posts. How many? <laughs> <A little> over. <laughs> really? So I wasn't able to even do that simple math. Really? <laughs> Apparently, I'm not, I'm not good at math either. We'd say I'm with you there. Don't worry. That is embarrassing. Okay, Kylie Jenner makes a million dollars per post on Instagram. If she does five hundred, are you sure about this? Well, I mean, please, I, accuracy is everything. Five hundred <laughs> times one million is five hundred million. Okay, correct. If she posts five hundred posts, if she does one a day for five hundred days, it will take Kylie Jenner four hundred days. Is that math right? Or five hundred days? God, I'm <laughs> stupid. God, I'm dumb. Here's the thing: I had this math teacher, okay. And he would walk into class. His name was Mr. Estes. I swear to God, that was his name, Mr. Estes. And as a kid, when you're 16, what do you suppose we called him? Oh, it was about a body part. Right. So <laughs> if Sedano were here, he'd be like, Bergman, really? You can't say testes because it rhymes with Estes, really? I mean, you can. Okay. I just so, prefer so, not to. It's so done. Mr. Estes would walk into the class and he... Um, he was disheveled. I'm not going to even get into the details because then I'll make Bergman crazy. The guy was disheveled. I couldn't pay attention in the class because he was such a mess that all I could do was just look at him and like, I, I just couldn't pay attention. So I, I convinced myself I didn't need it math. I didn't need algebra. And I think you've just heard a fine example. Kylie Jenner is number two in terms of Instagram influencers at $986,000 per post. So you got number two. You guys have a guess on number one? Bronnie, you got one? Um... I would usually go with like one of the other Kardashians, but I see him everywhere on my social feeds. I think it's The Rock. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, it is The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. I freaking love The Rock. Okay? Um, I don't know if people say that, but I do. I'm just saying it, right? There's a lot of people who say that. Dude, I freaking love The Rock. I love his story. I love the fact that he was a, a football player in college who was good but not really great and didn't have an NFL career. And then because his family came from the wrestling world, he turned it into a wrestling career and he was this great character. And then from there, he's turned it into this movie career. And the movie career has turned into him being an inspirational leader for people all over the world. And his Instagram is amazing. I want to work out with The Rock. Like, you ever see his Instagram? First of all, he's wearing these little teeny tiny uh, tank tops that show off every muscle. Plus, he's got to be like 50 years old, right? So whatever he's taking is what I want to be taking. I, I get his chef. I want to eat what he's eating. I want to drink the tequila that he drinks. I want to work out the way he works out. I mean, The Rock is still like Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. The Rock is the number one Instagram influencer and he makes one million fifteen thousand dollars per Instagram post when he promotes somebody's product. Is that not insane? A That's million plus dollars for a post on Instagram. That, ladies and gentlemen, 
That's the new world of media that we're living in. It's Joe Rogan taking a podcast and being paid like he's an NFL quarterback at a podcast company because you've got millions and millions and millions of people downloading that or watching these videos, and that's where the money's at right now. What am I doing? <laughs> well, you're not, you don't have the muscles like The Rock does and have the, the acting chops. You're like hosting you on terrestrial radio, my friend. That's <laughs> right. what you're doing. Two totally different worlds. Now, if you had the muscles that, that The Rock had, would you be wearing anything other than just a tank top? Well, that's I mean, just it. Like, I'm looking at Rajon Rondo in practice, right? And he's got no shirt on, and LeBron never has a shirt on. And if I had those guys' bodies, I wouldn't have a shirt on. There'd be no reason to. You can walk around, and people. it's just acceptable. So, uh, yeah. And good luck. If you tried to do what The Rock does every day for his regimen, you would get be dead. There was no way you could handle that. And I don't think anybody in this industry can handle what he does. He I also disagree. like eats. He eats like twelve pizzas sometimes. I like disagree. Just carbo loads. I disagree. Oh, I challenge. say. Challenge I say accepted. that if you gave me the Rock's chef, if you gave me the Rock's gym, if you gave me the Rock's endorsement deals, if you gave me the Rock's movies, I could be the Jewish Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> we'll see. I would so. love to be able to get you that stuff. No, 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 seriously, so do we have something here? Is it corporate Greg versus Scott Kaplan? And to see who can actually handle the Rock's uh, daily uh, regimen? <laughs> like, can we make this happen? Look, if you want to do that, like, Scott, if you want to do something where, like, maybe today or tomorrow we, we figure out one thing that he does for a day and we both try and do it that day, I'd be down to do it. You're talking to a world-class athlete, Bergman. I'm not. You are. No, 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 I'm no, saying no, yeah. I'm not. No, I realize that's yeah. what you meant. But <laughs> right. I want you to know that you are, pal. Even though it's like 10 years since my retirement of my one and only Ironman, that makes me now think that I'm like well, the coolest guy of all time. Yeah. Oh, wow, look at you. I ran a marathon, but an Ironman. Oh, I'm impressed that is, by that. that, is, that well, I'm impressed by the Ironman. That's yeah. no joke. Yeah, Hawaii, I want to see if Mason and Ireland are going to put some mythical money on this now. Oh, That's really? They're going to take Kaplan. They will go against me no matter what. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but then you sneak in there like Silent Sliwa and you shock the world. <laughs> well, uh, Mason and Ireland are around the corner. But before we get there, you know, you hear Bergman all day long. He's on with George. And you hear Brawny, who comes on and jumps in with me. These two guys yesterday after the show said, we've got so many things that we have problems with. I actually wanted to save a little time today so they could tell me what problems they would have with today's broadcast, which I'm looking forward to. But before we get there, Brawny, I see that beautiful beard you're rocking. You know, feeling great starts with a great shave, and a great shave starts with Barbasol Shaving Cream. The Barbasol Shaving Cream is an American classic for over 100 years. Barbasol Shaving Cream available in five fantastic flavors to customize your, your close shave. Whether it's the classic original or sensitive skin, there's one for every face. Find your favorite Barbasol today. Yo, America, you are looking good and shaving with Barbasol, and I may, may shave this disgusting goatee based on what the listeners decide, and I'm going to put a poll up a little bit later on, and we'll let everybody get involved. Okay, coming up, we've talked Lakers and the return of Dwight Howard that he's now in. We've talked Dodgers and the schedule, how the schedule aligns between the Dodgers schedule and the Lakers schedule, and which one you would have to watch because the games are all at the same exact time. And now that everybody gets to see Dodger games because they're finally on all the TVs, which games are you going to watch? We've talked Lakers. We've talked Dodgers. We've talked to Kurt Warner about movies. We've talked Patrick Mahomes and 500 million bucks. We've talked influencers on Instagram. What will these guys possibly pick apart? 
We will find out next. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Great friends throughout Southern California. Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. By the way, I am loving the fact that so many of you are participating. I'm asking you, you know, come on, get on Twitter. Tag me at Scott Kaplan. Tag at ESPN Los Angeles. And show me what device you're listening on. Show me where you are. I mean, tell me. Let me know. I'm getting a ton of reaction. I mean, Rancho Cucamonga and Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Ontario, and just so many other places. So look, uh, tag me on Twitter, at Scott Kaplan, and, uh, and make sure you tag ESPN Los Angeles. And as you tag me, I'm retweeting your stuff. So I'm, you're, you're helping me. I'm helping you, you know? Um, and I mean, listen, I, I don't have a ton of Twitter followers, right? I mean, people are asking me on Twitter, like, okay, hey, wait a second. You were talking about that list of the top Instagram influencers. Dwayne The Rock Johnson was number one. He's got 187 million followers. He makes a million dollars every time he uses Instagram to promote a product. Kylie Jenner was number two. So everybody said, well, who's, who's the rest on the list? You got Cristiano Ronaldo. You've got Kim Kardashian. These guys are making like $900,000 per post ariana grande 850 selena gomez 850 beyonce hey girl 770 love beyonce justin bieber didn't Keyshawn like almost go after justin bieber one time up in calabasas do i remember that story right should have yeah, Keyshawn you, on yeah you got it you got it right he was uh i think he was driving real fast past his house hey Keyshawn was just protecting his property and making sure everybody was safe that's all nothing wrong with that what would be great is if Keyshawn, who I heard him this morning talking to LZ, you know, and Travis, and he was saying, you know, I don't really pay that much attention because we were, they were going through this list as well. Because, I mean, we're also fascinated by the amount of money, the amount of followers, the amount of influence that some of these ultra, ultra famous people have. If Keyshawn could get some video of Bieber you know, driving through his neighborhood fast, unacceptable, and then Keyshawn grabs him by the back of his neck, you know, I mean, that would be... I mean, all of a sudden, Keyshawn could get into that range of Justin Bieber where he's got 139 million followers and he's making 750 grand for every post. Key, if you're listening, work with me on this, dog. I'm serious. Anyway, uh, Taylor Swift is also right there next to Justin Bieber. So there's the remainder of that list, everybody. So look, I've only got like 17,000 Twitter followers, but if you've only got 50 or 100 and you tweet to me and then I retweet, well, then hopefully we're helping each other. You're, you're picking some up along the way. All right, there we go. Greg Bergman and Adam Bronstein. Yesterday, you two gentlemen, we worked together as a team for the first time. I don't like to lie to people. You know I'm just way too open and honest. I can't help myself. It was the first time we'd ever really worked together. We'd been talking to each other for a week. Bronny and I go back a little bit from when I used to use your studios uh, when I was visiting. But it was the first time we all worked together. And when the show was over yesterday, here's what I received. You know, dude, you really insulted me. You, you, you really insulted me. The fact that you don't know that Star Wars, the actual original Star Wars film from the late 70s, when I was a kid and I saw it in the movie theaters, if you don't know that Star Wars is no longer called Star Wars and it's called Star Wars something else because now there's three movies that precede the real Star Wars, that is very offensive to my inner nerd. That is what I heard yesterday. I'm looking forward to whatever you guys think about what happened so far today. I was one thing just to go back to that Star Wars. So Adam around the studio is known as the king of the nerds. That's right. <laughs> How so, dare you insult so. my nerddom? 
<laughs> I was telling this story yesterday. Star Wars I, has always been called A New Hope. No, it's not our fault if you didn't read the entire title. Is that How true? Dare you? Is yes. that true? Come it's on. It's always yeah. been called Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope. Wait a second. Hold on. Time out. You're telling me that when Star Wars came out, Star Wars was not just known as Star Wars, it was known as Star Wars A New Hope. In the marketing, it was only marketed as Star Wars, but when you saw the crawl for the very first time, it said Star Wars Episode 4 A New Hope when the movie started. I was telling the story the other day that I didn't know how to get Disney Plus because I wanted to see Hamilton. Everybody in America is talking about Hamilton. It was fine. Okay. Oh, it was great. It was fantastic. I haven't seen it. I haven't, first, my first thought was, what's Disney Plus? My second thought was, how do I get it? And then my third thought was, wait a second, haven't I used it once before? Because I was trying to find Star Wars so that my 16-year-old daughter and I could watch Star Wars together. I thought it's an important movie. You need to see it. I finally found it. It took me like an hour and a half to find it because I didn't know that Star Wars was called Star Wars what? A New Hope. I didn't know that. And so I spent hours looking for it. I'm like, they got every freaking Star Wars movie except the first one, the one I want to see. And I finally found it. And 30 minutes into the original Star Wars, not the New Hope, the original one. The well, Star that is Wars, the original one. <laughs> just want to be clear that to me it's just Star Wars. 30 minutes into the movie, my daughter and I looked at each other. We're both falling asleep and we're like, forget it. This is a horrendous movie. And so I apparently really, really insulted some people. Uh. And in this world of cancel culture, man, I mean, if you say you don't like Star Wars, I mean, who knows? Uh, You're a Star Warsist. I mean, look, Scott. So you did that. You had this great story yesterday about how you're going to protect your child from from the, somebody at the at the gym and all these other things. And I was like, God, this guy's a really good father. And then you tell this story about how you and your daughter aren't That's watching just... Star Wars and don't like it. I'm sorry, you're a bad father. Oh my! Just oh wow! <laughs> That's know. a strong statement. Scotty That's a that strong. <laughs> Not, being, not I, I, getting, I can't. Not I, I getting just... your kids into Star Wars, especially the original ones. That is just a travesty, and I'm offended for everybody that's listening right now. And I'm sorry. Wow. I apologize to the listeners. Wow, wow. I am a Star Warsist. Yes, I yes, don't. You are. I don't really like it, and I turned it off. And I thought I was cool because I was like, you know what? I saw this when I was a kid and I saw it in a movie theater and it's so cool. And, and now there's all these other movies and you need to know like what this one's all about. So yesterday you guys were offended by the, the whole Star Wars problem. What, what today? Any, anything we want to kind of let's, let's pick apart here. What do you say? So what I would want to know is instead of just saying, um, all right, so one thing that I would like to actually say right at the beginning, you did yeah. a, a whole segment and it yeah. was great on Bill Plaschke. And like the story about, you know, how baseball is not coming around and what they did wrong and that it's the owners and all that. I would like to know why you decided that reading the newspaper on the air was the right idea. So I feel this is a great question, by the way. Thank you. Um, this is cool. I like to always do my business on the air. Um, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Anyway, what you were saying was, why read from Plaschke's column on the air, right? Yeah, I mean, you basically read, what, at least half the article? No, I read two paragraphs. Okay. I actually pulled the paragraphs, I cut them and pasted them, and I put them on a Word document so I have them right here in front of me because they were the most compelling parts of the piece. So the thing about it is this. I look at Plaschke as a guy who is really one of the voices of sports media in L.A. I think when you publish in the L.A. Times, 
it's a big deal. And these sorts of articles get read nationally. But the average guy who's getting up in the morning, having a cup of coffee, getting off to work, or perhaps just staying home now, who doesn't get the newspaper or doesn't use the LA Times website, that person may not have read that. And I thought there were some really powerful lines like, the billionaire owners aren't just greedy, they're gross. And I thought it was also interesting, the intimation of why is Betts playing? Is it because he's passionate or is it because he's just trying to get the free agency? And so to me, uh, I think it's, it's very compelling. And I assume that most people don't read it the way I do. So that's why I read it on the air. What do you think? Bad idea? Well, no, I think just reading the actual article itself on the air is kind of more of what I was thinking was a little bit of a bit odd. I think the, the topic itself is a good topic. So for you to come on and talk about that, I think is compelling and has a lot of stuff. But we, I would like to know your opinion and how you feel about it, opposed to reading off what Plaschke thinks about it. And Mason Ireland are coming up next. They have their own thoughts on Bill Plaschke, so you'll get a get something on that. Well, I don't know them. what their thoughts are on Plaschke. I'll tell you my thoughts on Plaschke, which are I enjoy reading him, but the fact that he will never return a phone call or a text or an email, I find rude. But I still like his stuff, you know? I really do. And, and as far as my own opinions, what my point was, I'm feeding now. I'm feeding off what I think other people might be seeing, and if they're not, I want to feed you this, and then I want to opine on that. And so that was really my philosophy. I like the fact that we're having this on air. This is good. Guests on ESPN Radio appear via the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Did I mention that? Okay, good. So, I mean, Brawny, are you still pissed about the whole Star Wars thing? Never forgive you. Ever. <laughs> Been called out, man. Bad father. You are not teaching your kid the right thing. Star Wars is awesome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. Uh, Mason and Ireland are on the way, and I am looking very much forward to that conversation today. Mason and Ireland, crosstalk coming up. This is Scott Kaplan on 710 ESPN. Time for crosstalk here on 710 ESPN. Scott Kaplan, and now here comes Mason and Ireland. All right, hey, uh, Kaplan, can I have a moment of honesty here? Please. Okay, so I tuned in. Mason and I jump online. We have this thing called a Comrex that we yes. dial in so we can all be together. And I dialed in exactly. It was during a commercial, and you, uh, Scott, were talking to Bergman and to Bronstein. And Bergman correctly said, Greg, I want this on the record because I so rarely agree with you, that whatever it was you're discussing, I would automatically go against Bergman. Which is which is right, what? But I, but I don't know what you were talking about. I would. It was like some type of competition that you were proposing, Scott, between you and Greg. I don't even know what the competition is, and I'm and you're taking, betting on Kaplan. I'm taking Kaplan. Yeah. But but Scott, what is the competition that you were proposing, or am I letting the cat out of the bag here? No, no. What happened was we were talking about how much money Instagram influencers make, and I was professing my love for Dwayne Johnson. And I was saying, yes, and I was saying that, look, when you're 50 years old and you look like he looks, I don't care what he takes. I don't he's care what really he He's really 50 years old? He's got to be, right? I mean, he was, he was playing football at the University of Miami wow. in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, he's yeah, got to he be. Yeah, he looks great. So, I mean, he, he looks today like Arnold Schwarzenegger looked when he was ready to compete. You know, and, and so this guy, he's just so big and so built and so committed and so disciplined. And I, I just love the guy. Right. And so I've got this huge crush on him. 
And I was saying, you know, if I had his chef and I had his gym and I had his passion and all these other things, I'd be the Jewish rock. And, the um, Jewish rock? I like that. Yeah, yeah, the Hebraic rock, whichever right. one you want to go and with. And does but, Bergman contend that he would be better at you than that, that, at, that better at being the Jewish rock than you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who would make the better Jewish rock? Because I'll take Kaplan uh, seven days a week and twice on Sunday in that bet. Right. <laughs> Uh, oh, you no, no, no! You guys should do I, Greg. You guys should do a superstars. What is a superstars? Uh, oh, you don't know. Superstars. What is a superstars? Come on, what's a superstars? It's a okay. legendary show. So they used to get in the seventies. Yeah, uh -huh. They used to. No, it is. It's really good. They should bring yeah, it back. Like 40, yeah. 50 years. They should, but I should bring it back. I don't think they could bring it back, guys, because now athletes make too much money. But Greg, back in the day, they would get all the athletes from all the different sports. So imagine you would get LeBron. You would get Mike Trout. You would get Saquon Barkley. You would get Sidney Crosby. You would get any athlete from any sport. You'd get Floyd Mayweather. And then you'd put them through a series of competitions. In other words, there was uh, track and field. There was uh, Yeah, there was golf. like 100, 100 there, meters. There was there a golf was, thing. There was an obstacle course. There was swimming. I mean, so whatever. And then so we could we could determine the events. We, we could make them up. And then you would score. You, so you and Kaplan would compete. Like you would compete in a game of horse. And then you'd have a 100-yard dash. And then you'd have like th a three-hole golf competition. And then you'd have a swim race. And then you, we would name the better athlete after that competition. Now, By the Greg, way, at the end of it, neither of you would be the Jewish rock. <laughs> I think, See, I but think I, that would I, be very I, hard. I tried to put my cards on the table, Steve. I, 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 I pulled this card on him. I went, you know, um, you know, I've done an Ironman. Granted, it was 10 years ago. You and I did was do an Ironman? Bergman, you can't play in you this can't. league. This, you're not even close, Bergman. Look, Bergman, I said, Bergman countered with, I ran a marathon. I did. Greg like is six not six years ago. Greg is not unathletic. I've played Greg. Uh, I played basketball with Greg. He's he, Scott. He would not embarrass himself, but you would win. Although, yes. what's the age difference, Scott? How old are you? Um, I'm 32. Greg, <laughs> I'm 24. Kaplan, Wait a Kaplan, yeah, neither of you are those ages. <laughs> I'm women. What's I'm, wrong with you, Kaplan? I, am, I just I heard I'm, you. I'm, I was shocked today. I heard you. Uh, I was driving to Starbucks and I heard you talking about how you've got a kid in college and another. Kid leaving for college? I know. Can you believe it? Are you that old? I'm 50. I turned 50. 50, 50 this year. Wow. Yeah, I'm 36, so I do have some years on him. Although I've got a lot of experience. Sure. Yeah, what I is an Ironman now? What is that? What constitutes an Ironman? An Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim. Yep. A 112-mile bike ride. Yep. And a marathon, full marathon. Yeah, give me, what, give me Kaplan. Give me uh, Kaplan and the sad goatee. By the way, Scott, what's the what's the most difficult leg of that thing? The run, for sure. Especially the runs for, last, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's brutal. It's absolutely like like I think to myself now, if you told me to go run a half marathon, I could probably get to the finish line, hopefully before the race ends. But I could I could get through the thirteen miles, not running, but just putting one foot in front of the other. But if you told me to go run a marathon, I'd be like. How does anybody do a marathon? And then you say, dude, you did an Ironman in Hawaii. Yeah. How did you do that? Yeah, I'm like, I don't crazy. know. I don't that's know how crazy. it is. So when you, when you trained for that, did you actually do those? Th like, did you do a full Ironman before you did the Ironman? No, but I did go to Hawaii and I did train on the exact course that we were going to use. 
And, um, and I, so I, I swam where we were going to swim. I rode the full bike course before we, we had to do it during the race. And when the, when the biking was over, I was so dead and so dehydrated and so done from that day of training. The thought of getting off the bike and running never, I, I couldn't even imagine it. But when you're there and, and you, you, you've put in the time, you've put in the training, you've, you've taken time away from your family. I remember this one guy telling me, he's like, I got bad what, news for What you. year was this? This was 2010. Dude, you should see the finish. Good it's on YouTube. Good for you, man. Dude. This is spectacular. I'm like, very impressed with all this. Well, thank you. I, I just had a world champion guy tell me earlier that week. It was this guy who was once a world champion. He said, I got bad news for you. I said, what's that? He said, you're not going to win this race. I said, well, of course I'm not going to win the race. He said, no, no matter where you are in this race, when you're hurting and you're asking why you're doing it and, and you don't think you're going to make it, you just remember you decided you wanted this. And when I was at the 13 mile mark of the run and I could see the sun setting in Hawaii, I was like, dude, you got 13 miles to go. You've trained a year. You've sacrificed everything. You wanted this, finish it. And that's so and it really I, was mind over matter. People say that's bull. 100%. But 100%. You, you think you finished me because mentally you just wouldn't allow Wait a minute. Yourself. You don't believe in mind over matter? Oh, I it's don't. 100%. Oh. Uh, Mace, no, I don't. Like, I don't believe. Do you guys believe in this? That sometimes uh, professional sports competitions, NBA titles, World Series, go to whoever, quote, wants it more? I've never believed that. Yeah, in other words, that's mind. Right. I've never believed that. Oh, I, I don't, believe it. I don't think that. I believe it. What but, do you, I mean, you've spent your whole life talking about Kobe and his uh, incessant desire to win and LeBron and his right. incessant and desire Kobe, to win. It is mind over matter. Okay, so if that was the case, why don't they win every year? I would say because the difference is is that when you're an individual and you only rely on yourself, um, it's pure mind over matter. But when you're in a team sport and you have other variables yeah. and other human beings, I mean, isn't it interesting? J.R. Smith signs with the Lakers and everybody knows the scene at the end of that game um, where he's holding on to the ball and LeBron is just balling him the score. out. Yeah. yeah. And so um, th there's a, a human condition you know, but I believe the mind and the heart does a lot. Uh, I, I'll take I'll take persistence over talent any day. I, I think that it matters a great deal. But I think when you get to the elite level, when you get to championship level, like Kobe was the most competitive person I've ever met. He won five titles in 20 years. That's how hard it is to win a title. Right. So when you get to that level, I think they all are desperate to win it. Now, the difference lies, and Mason and I talk about this a lot, Scott, every once in a while, you will meet a person, they don't come along very often, but that is so driven that they are physically ill if they don't win. Like, they have to win or it affects their body chemistry. That's what separated Kobe from a lot of people. You know, Jimmy Johnson, the football coach, was like that. I covered him when I was a young sportscaster in Texas, and if he lost a game, he would be... You couldn't talk to him. He was he was absolutely miserable. He was he was beyond he was inconsolable. You couldn't talk to him, and then he would eventually work himself back up. Now, but I but do agree with rare. I I agree with Scott that the world does belong to there are super unbelievable once in a generation talents like Kobe Bryant. Um, but I think the world does belong to the grinders, the people that show up every day and they just grind. They never stop working, um, and and I think in a lot of ways it is mind over matter. If if the average person, and let's not let's not think about professional athletes because they're all you know highly trained. Let's, t let's talk about trying to get through uh, 
I'm trying to think in in my life, an illness. It's mind over matter. You've got you've you've got to get through it. You have no choice. Um, it was uh, years ago. I was uh, <laughs> weirdly. Uh, for a radio promotion, buried alive for 48 hours. I was miserable. Oy. I mean, I was miserable, but I it was mind over matter. I found a way to get through it. You know, People Mace, do find ways to get through stuff. Mace, we should do that promotion again, except this time have Bergman do it. Bury Bergman alive for 48 oh. hours. <laughs> you can only wish. People, we, oh, I, hey, and I know Bergman, where we could. It would make you a hero. I know where Not we could you. do it. Let's do it in the San Angeles forest. <laughs> right, where no one can hear me scream. <laughs> so, Kaplan, how do you think this thing's going after two days? You know, it's so funny. Um, if, if you would have just listened to Bergman yesterday, you would have thought things were a disaster, a complete and utter train wreck. Oh, May, you, Mason and I know we had a meeting with him about a month ago we know oh, very God. well how it's, that goes it's unbelievable it's yeah. it's truly remarkable um and so i know i said it to him earlier i know why he volunteered to produce for me because you guys just cast him aside and blame everything on him and sedano just beats the hell out of the poor kid right yep and so he's yep. like this is fresh meat this guy's gonna do what i tell him to do since <laughs> nobody else does i'm working with this kaplan guy and it's only been a week and so at the end of this week, he's going to say, I'm not listening It's to only that guy the anymore. second day. It's, it's only but it's, right. Right. <laughs> but it's mind over <laughs> matter, guys. It's mind <laughs> over matter. By the way, what is with that sad little goatee you're, you're rocking right now? I know. Captain? I'm going to, I've been, you know why? Because it gives me something, it gives me a way to transition into all the Barbasol reads that I get to do during the day. Oh, so, so you're, I, you're going for, you're going for an endorsement deal. That's correct. actually smart. Yeah. Correct. Um, all right. Well, uh, uh, you're going to come back tomorrow, Kaplan, or did yes. Bergman drive you away? No, I'm coming back. I'm coming back for more. I'm getting off, and I'm going to tune into you guys, and then I'm going to go record a podcast, and, and it's going to be a great afternoon. Fellas, thank you uh, to Amanda and Greg and Adam and Chris Morales and the whole crew at 710 ESPN. I am back tomorrow, and assuming I didn't say anything to get myself into any kind of trouble. Thanks to Mason and Ireland. Here they come. This is Scott Kaplan until tomorrow on 710 ESPN.